Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. I'm Shauna. And I'm Rebecca. We are going to review the last book that Rebecca and I have read for the Canada Reads 2021 competition, and that is Hench by my very good friend, Natalie. Yeah, right. Your good friend, Natalie Zena Walshots. Sure, Shauna, I believe that. <laughs> okay, so, and, and I will say, if anyone has listened to our Johnny Appleseed uh, podcast, you'll understand why uh, she's a great friend of Shauna's. Anyway, so Hench, I'm not going to read the whole description, but I want to give you a sense of what it's about. Because again, if you're listening to us, chances are you've read the book or you're going to read the book uh, because you're a Canada Reads fanatic as we are. And it states a smart, imaginative and evocative novel of love, betrayal, revenge, and redemption, told with razor-sharp wit and affection, in which a young woman discovers the greatest superpower, for good or ill, is a properly executed spreadsheet. Now, this is not my genre, <laughs> but I started reading it, and Shauna, right off the bat, I loved it. I thought this was really fun. It's not something I would ever pick up on my own. I was really enjoying it, and... I even think I told you or told others that I was shockingly enjoying it. And then I hit a wall. I got to about page 200, which turns out is halfway through. And I thought, yeah, I can't do this. I can't finish it because I think it needed to be about a hundred pages shorter. For me, it was just, it was too much. You know, there's, I don't, I can't even say it was too much description I just feel like, you know, Shauna, how I tell a story and sometimes I give, I go on and on and you're drumming your fingers and you're thinking, shut up, shut up, shut up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Not only Shauna, but everybody who knows me, Hey, I can't help it. I'm a talker, but that's how I felt about this book. I felt like, girl, just shorten this thing by about a hundred pages. So I just, honestly, I tried, I, I gave it a good college try, but I got halfway through. So today's discussion will be 90% Shauna. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to start out by saying something and then I have a good question for you? Do you want to kind of say how you feel about the book? And then I have a, what I think is a great question to ask you. Yeah. And actually, now that you kind of explained it that way, I'm kind of curious or thinking about the idea that even though we both, I do think it was a little long as well. Uh, it probably could have shaved off a good hundred pages, just like Rebecca suggested. But uh, I wonder if throughout the story, it talks about the collection of data and needing so much data in order to do all the things that she needs to do as the character. I'm curious if that has a correlation with how long this book is, because uh, there is a lot of extra types of things that are thrown in although i'm pretty sure the author didn't think about it on that level and i'm just grasping the straws so i don't you know it's funny i don't know because you know um morgan murray was really interesting in that when he started explaining to us about why certain things were in his book and how he drafted it i thought it was so cool to see the inner workings of an author's mind about how 
about all the detail and why the detail was there. So I don't know. Now I'm looking at it going, maybe that's a good point. Maybe, you know, data can be, I don't mean this in a bad way, but data can be kind of boring. It can be endless. It can be, and again, I'm not, I don't mean these as negatives. I'm just saying this is how, what data is. So maybe that was part of the book is to kind of create this story where you have to plow through a lot of stuff to get to the gems. So maybe that was a conscious decision. It could be, because I feel like one of the things that she was trying to do was make this type of job or career choice a sexy thing that anybody would want to do. And putting it into this type of storyline that has action and adventure, and you can see where the data is being compiled and decisions are made upon that data with actionable things occurring based on the decisions that are being made. So they use social media as ways to get back at the bad, good or bad guys and compiling all that stuff to, sh to show, oh, hey, you know, I've noticed this pat pattern or correlation between these two people. We can now attack this one person, make their life a living hell and deal with the emotional fallout of somebody to, you know, really ruin their world. Well, I want to ask me my question because my question sort of gets at, I think, the heart of what I thought this story might. It, it's the thing that I wanted to get to the end to see if this was true or not. But then I just asked you and you told me so that I <laughs> saved myself 200 pages of reading. But um, but here's how I felt in the very beginning. And I don't read a lot of fantasy and I certainly don't think I've ever really read anything but like one book about sort of superheroes. So I don't know if this is a this is a true genre kind of thing where this happens often. But the thing I loved at the very beginning was that she worked for the bad guys. Like I'm thinking, you know, you expect a superhero story to always be from the perspective of the hero and not the villain. And the fact that she worked for the villains and loved her job, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I really love that. So then as I progressed in my 200 pages, I started thinking, so who's evil? <laughs> and who's good and is that what this whole book is about the the point of good versus evil and who sits on which side of that divide with the idea of her being a hench there is she is already working for the villains in in the very beginning and it's just a temporary type situation and then eventually she's hoping to get into full-time. Just like, you know, in a normal, normal modern day, you know, you get your education. Now you're ready to uh, do your nine to five and, and get full-time and benefits. But you have to work your way into those types of positions sometimes. And she was doing that through the temp agency. Well, uh, one of the assignments that she has for a villain a hero comes in, harms all the people in the vicinity when the hero is trying to get after the main villain. And instead of just leaving her alone, the hero does damage to a whole bunch of other hench, which are like temporary workers. 
So she gets this idea that she needs to retaliate against the heroes. And this is where I really think the author is trying to show that you are both good and evil in regards to Anna actually gets a job with a villain and the villain treats her like incredibly. They pay for all her medical bills. They get her back on her feet. In fact, she goes down, she gets kidnapped and she loses like half of her body or something. And they had to put robotics into her. And the main villain that she works for, Leviathan. Yeah. He pays for and has this team of people that work for him. And he takes a really good care of his quote unquote employees. So one of the things that Anna is trying to do is get back at the heroes and how the heroes are doing more damage to save people. Sorry, you can't see me quote save people, but I should say quote unquote save people. I should quit quote unquote quoting <laughs> <laughs> that the heroes are saving people is causing way more damage in cost of life to hench as well as the people that they save than villains do in trying to live their normal everyday lives. And it it's kind of interesting in regards to like they talk about, oh, they did this one kidnapping and and uh, the kidnappings are fairly regular and that superheroes can't ever have close family ties to people because those people will always be threatened. So the way that Natalie writes about it is kind of like it's everyday life. And she's really, it's, I think she really does a great job of world building because at the end of this book, you can clearly see there is going to be another book. Uh, it leaves off with the idea that not only did they take down one superhero, they're actually going to go and take on the whole lot of superheroes now. Well, here's one of the flaws from the story that I took away, which was I understand that she's trying to show the collateral damage and the cost um, of return, right? The cost of return mm -hmm. or the return on investment, I should say, that, you know, superheroes are supposed to be great and they save the world. But then there's there is a cost associated with all the damage that they wreak in cleaning things up, which is kind of a cool idea. Again, I like it. But then I thought to myself, OK, here she is. She's being all Anna's being all like sort of smug about, oh, my gosh, look at this. Look how much they're costing us. But she never I don't think unless she does it in the last 200 pages. Does she do does she calculate the damage that the villains have caused to the world? Because. Because at the end of the day, if it's just people who fight for evil or for good, of course, there will be a cost. People will be impacted. But you can't walk away and say, oh, how terrible it is that the, that the good say they're good, but they're costing us when, well, the good wouldn't need to be doing anything if the evil weren't being evil. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like, it, it, and maybe I'm just like overanalyzing it and just for crying out loud, it's a nice light read. It's fun. It's superheroes, 
I can't, I guess I can't get out of my own way in reading it. But that was my one little flaw. I thought, well, she's not calculating the damage of the villains. Well, and I think that's where it's, it clearly shows that she's being biased, you know, like she's, she's not going to go against her own people. And is there a reason for that? Hmm. True. That's true. So yeah. So maybe it's showing, maybe it's showing data can be biased. Yeah. There you go. That's true. Let's think about this. One of my favorite quotes of all time is there are lies damn lies and statistics and that's by do you know who it is rebecca no i've heard it before but i don't know who said it uh it's mark twain oh okay that's right yeah and uh because just take you can always make statistics show you in your favor and it's very hard for somebody who analyzes data to be unbiased in those metrics your data is always going to be biased towards the person who is collecting the data okay that's fair so that's what that's kind of what anna is about so yeah is there anything else you want to talk about or should we go into our we do have to talk about the canada uh, canada reads theme this year which is a book to transport us so i'm going to go first just to say that Yes, I would say for the first 200 pages, I definitely felt transported. Uh, as I said, I, I did really enjoy it, but I just hit a brick wall. So I would say it's definitely something that I think transports a reader. And I think it, in that sense, I think it has probably as good a shot of winning this as anything else. And I think that's what's interesting about this year is we're looking at all five titles saying, holy baloney, you know, what's, I don't know. I haven't, I mean, last year I was pretty sure who would win. I was wrong, but I thought for sure uh, from the ashes would win. But this year, I don't know. It's just, it's anybody's ball game kind of. So Shauna, do you, did it transport you? Uh, It did, especially, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to listen to each of these books in audio and I do a lot better with audio. It's just something that it's one of my learning things. I learn better by listening to audio and um, the voice acting. And, and I can remember certain things about certain books. And this particular book, Leviathan's voice, the, <laughs> the narrator for the, who does the Leviathan's voice was just like this guttural, like, I'm going to da, 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 and you're going to make sure that you go and do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't listen to his voice anymore. Go back to Anna's narration, please. Uh, in listening to the story, I felt like I was a lot more immersed into the actual villain versus superhero thing. Whereas if I was reading it on the page, I don't think I was as, I would be as immersed you know, if I'm reading one of my favorite genre books, the historical romance, I can picture myself in a ballroom and I can go through that whole thing. But when, if I'm going to be reading about superheroes and villains, it's really hard for me to imagine like caped people running around super fast and jumping over buildings and such. I, I leave that for the movies, you know? Yeah. Maybe you're, maybe you're just too young. Do you think it's your age perhaps that makes you uh, not be able to read it. <laughs> I'm not going 
gonna say that this is I'm not gonna say that this is one of my favorite genres either. I mean, I really like that she put a data career in there. I really like that she she's really kind of questioning her sexuality throughout the entire book. The thing I dislike about that is she doesn't form any attachments and she there's no sense like the it doesn't move forward with any relationships whether it be a boy girl robot nothing in the love hemisphere they mention it oh you got a crush on this person but that's it and that ticked me off so bad i was like you're gonna mention having attraction to at least four or five people within this book and you're going nowhere with the love aspect of it you're to me that wasted my time in reading the book <laughs> uh, and then the other thing that i disliked about this book was her best friend the author just wrote the best friend off and that was it it was like um her best friend june says don't contact me anymore and that's it. You don't hear anything. Like Anna ends up being kind of sad about it for maybe a week or two. After that, you never hear about June again. Oh. And at the end, when it's quantum that at the door, I was hoping and wishing. I'm like, oh my gosh, June is coming back to help her save the day. And it was Quantum instead, which, you know, Quantum has her piece in the story, but it's like, you basically killed off June. (laughs) Well, okay, but she didn't literally kill her off, but here's the thing. Maybe June's coming back in the second book. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because it doesn't, because it would be a good story arc to have her just disappear sort of from the story, but then show up in book two. So I think, um... Yeah, because it doesn't make sense to just have her completely written off with no follow-up. So maybe that's maybe that's what will happen. Can I just say one thing, though? You know what, I'm, just in case people who hear this standalone uh, podcast, possibly, the reason I made a joke about Shauna being too young to understand something was because in the last podcast, or one of our recent podcasts, she said I was too old. So that's the only reason. I just don't want anybody <laughs> hating on me because <laughs> it was payback for when she called me old. <laughs> I tried to ask the question in the nicest way possible. I did too. I did too. I asked it very nicely. So now it's just payback. That's all it is. All right. Anyway, so let's get to the, let's get to the point here. Is it, how many maple leaves are you giving it? I'm going to give this one four maple leaves. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it had a good enough story. It kept me intrigued. It only had a few things that I disliked about it. Uh, and, you know, I think Appa from Kim's Convenience is going to do a great job at uh, defending it. I'm giving it three maple leaves for the first 200 pages because I thought it was good. It was too long, even the first 200 pages. I felt it could have been a lot tighter, but I did really, I mean, I really, really loved the beginning of it. I just didn't have the stamina to get through 400 pages. And um so otherwise, otherwise, it will, we'll see. We'll see how it does, right? Yeah, definitely. People are saying they seem to like it. And like I said, I loved the beginning. thought it was really fun, fresh idea. I do think, and I, I apologize because I think his name is Paul. The um, I can't think of his full name, the, the Defender. 
but he is a total superhero nerd because I've followed him for years because I love Kim's convenience and he makes his own costumes, which look like they are from the, the actual movie set. It's amazing. He makes those himself. So I think he is just going to put his heart and soul into this. And that's why I do think he's so passionate. He lives his book. You know what I mean? I think he, it's got a chance of winning because it, it, you know, if he's really a passionate defender, this could be our winner. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. Now, this year, we are going to do our recap with our Canadian friends, Larissa, Jolene, Tara, and Sarah, every night after the competition at 7 p.m. Eastern, March 8th through the 11th. So be sure to join our YouTube page at Canada Reads American Style. Make sure you hit the bell to get notifications to see when we're going live and join us for some great discussions. We'll have our chat box open so that you can chat with us and we will be recapping the entire Canada Reads event that day. And I just want to mention too that Ali Hassan has agreed to again this year chat with us uh, after the competition. So probably I assume it'll be the fourth night uh, Ali will be with us. So we're excited to chat with him again and, and, and get his take on this year's competition. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Goodbye.